Hey folks, as you know, I love helping people, especially people trying to help themselves. So I was sent this GoFundMe fundraiser from a listener. My name is Greg, and I was homeless due to the death of my spouse and need dental work to become employable as I look horrendous, and my work experience is working with the public. I desperately need dentures or, if lucky, implants. I have never been more humiliated in my life and am thankful someone is willing to help me do this. Please help make me whole again. If you would like to help Greg become whole again and get his life back, the link to donate is below. If you are unable to help, please share the fundraiser link. I truly appreciate you. His body was bent in a 90 degree angle at the hip and destroyed. I was in the state of shock. The doctor will see you now. Dr. Hollowed, please do like, share, and subscribe. What is the goriest thing you have seen in real life? Flew a rescue helicopter, got a call in heavy fog to a serious traffic collision, quite literally, about 200 meters from our base. We decided to move the helicopter as close as we could, right on the airport boundary and side of the ground. At least we could provide a working life support vehicle. Traffic continued to slam into the rear cars. I have an enduring image of a paramedic called Neil scramble over the wreck of a car and wrench open the door, and a young man's head rolled out like a football. He just reached over the body and hauled out a small child. The next vehicle to hit was a fuel tanker. I watched as everyone in front of me burned to death, and I could still hear the screams of the drivers and passengers of the cars as they burned to death. I still can't process the head and the screams. I've given up trying. Happened years ago. I was stuck in traffic with my girlfriend in the passenger seat. Cars were moving very slowly, when not stopped completely. As the car in front of me started moving, a cat jumped in front of its wheel and got crushed under it. My girlfriend started screaming and covered her eyes. We couldn't see the cat in front of my car. I got out to see. Man, it was awful. The cat's belly was flattened. Guts and blood had sprayed out like a balloon exploded. It was making this weird sound. Trying to scream, I think, with one of his front legs moving on the ground. I didn't know what to do to help him. I looked at where it was relative to my front wheel and got back in the car. My girlfriend asked me if the cat was okay. I said, "It's dead." I turned the steering wheel to aim for the cat's head and started the car. My girlfriend didn't feel any bump, but fuck me, the feeling of a small resistance in the clutch still haunts me. Years ago, loading dock before days of reversing cameras, young fella standing on the loading dock waving a truck in to get as close to the dock as possible, while maintaining eye contact with the side view mirrors of the truck. The head got caught between the dock wall and the truck body. Head popped like a watermelon. I didn't see. I only heard the noise from our workshop about 20 meters away. Was the dude's son-in-law? My twin sister died from sepsis last year. Both me and her have severe autoimmune diseases, and hers was severe whole colon ulcerative colitis. She had an ulcer that perforated her colon and leaked toxins into her bloodstream, and she got severely septic. The reason she died was medical malpractice. The doctor refused to keep her at the hospital. This was when COVID was huge. And she went home, and I found her dead in bed at night, and screamed for my mother and brother. She was my bestest friend in the whole world. She was the only person that's ever truly loved and accepted me for who I was. We were inseparable and eternally bonded. She's in the spirit world now, but the thing I'll never forget is when the ambulance took her, and she spent three days with her organs shutting down and her brain dying. I went in there to visit one last time. I cut a lock of her hair, and it's still at my abusive narcissist mother's house in Florida. I'll never forget visiting her and seeing her on that ventilator, eyes open but unmoving. But when I told her she'd be passing away, she cried. She actually had tears come out on the ventilator, and that worried expression and a slight shaking of her head. 
so she was still there, but when my mom came back to take her off life support, she was gone all the way. Because we didn't have the money, she was cremated, and that wasn't what she wanted, both of us twins wanted a burial for each twin. And because she died that year, I attempted suicide six months ago, because I couldn't live without her. I was saved, and now I'm mostly happy, but sometimes I still want to join her, especially when shit gets hard and I'm very different and unique, and it's extremely hard for me to make friends. So it's the loneliness that gets to me, and sometimes it drives me to feeling suicidal still. I can't much ever speak of her death anymore because the huge overwhelming amount of PTSD will come out, and I'll be a heaping crying, sobbing mess. So I was coming back from a town, and there was this huge traffic jam on a highway that lasted over 10 minutes. It was nighttime. Only to later find out that a person had tried to overtake a truck and then, without knowing the truck driver smashed the man's bike into the wall making the biker fall. Another truck was coming from behind, and that truck flattened his skull. The only thing that circled around my mind at that minute was that how can a sudden change just destroy your family's life? Like a person is returning on a bike at night, his mind is thinking about getting toys for his kids, and his family is waiting there to eat dinner with him. My little sisters, 12 and 10, were outside jumping on the trampoline when I heard the most spine-chilling screams I'd ever heard. The 12-year-old had landed on the 10-year-old in such a way that the 10-year-old's lower leg had completely snapped in half. The image of my mum dragging her off the trampoline screaming with her ankle at a complete right angle to her shin will never leave me. Somehow my 12-year-old sister was able to call for an ambulance, I completely froze up and was almost no help at all. She's completely fine now but spent the entire summer with a huge external fixation screwed into her leg. We now have a one-person-at-a-time rule for the trampoline, lol. I was driving one of the five-ton work trucks pulling a large wood chipper close to 3,000 pounds when a guy on a mope scooter thing came into my lane and hit the chipper going the opposite direction. He hit the chipper so hard it blew open a diamond plate aluminum box on the side and unbeaded the tire from the rim. He didn't die instantly. His shoes blew off his helmet blew off. I have never seen and hopefully never will again see a person that mangled. This was just seven days after my son was born at home, in just a week, I saw a life come into this world, and one goes out. Seven sevenths was no fun. Also, in one place I worked, the coffee room was on the third floor, UK reckoning. I was looking out the window and locked eyes with the cleaner on his way past. He had jumped from the top of the building, 33 plus floors, and was headfirst aimed at concrete. He looked so calm, almost happy. RIP Jose, hope you found the piece you needed. In college, we had rented the indoor hall, had a 200 meters track for scale, to have a mixed scrimmage with our, male, ultimate team and the female ultimate team on some Sunday. In the central area, the space was set up so you could put up tennis nets and volleyball nets. Right, when we were about to start, some woman from the community came up in a fuss about us being there, saying we needed to leave. We went over the booking sheet with her to show we had the place, but said that if she wanted to take the last tennis court space all the way at the end that we would be okay with that. Maybe 20 minutes in, a teammate uncorks a big throw all the way to the end zone, and I see my teammate booking it to catch it, and all I can do is kind of stop and stare in some sort of shock as I see him jump for the disc, and then very clearly get caught on something right around his crotch and kind of cartwheel around the post. Having been trained in first aid, I immediately ran up to him and did the general checks. A friend who was almost done with her nursing degree was right behind me with some towels. She checks his leg over, and I start holding pressure on the wound while waiting for the paramedics. Five minutes later, the paramedic comes walking into the hall, right as my teammate says to me, while the color drained from his face, you know I think I'm okay, it doesn't even hurt anymore. At this point, I'm well out of my training and comfort zone, so I urge the paramedic over. We had stopped the bleeding for the time being, 
but the paramedic needs to see the damage, so right in front of me pulls back the towels, which at this point had been congealed to the skin, and, for the first time in my life saw the inside of someone's leg which was both shocking and intriguing. Turns out that these removable tennis posts had little metal hooks which you held tension on the net with, and when he jumped for the disc, it caught onto his leg and flipped him over. He ended up with a 12 centimeters tear along the inside of his right leg, 4 centimeters from his right testicle, and 2 centimeters from his femoral artery. There's a real chance he could have bled out before the paramedics arrived had it gone a little differently. He never played ultimate again. I saw a body decaying near a COVID center. That was the worst thing I ever saw. It smelled bad, it looked horrible. And surprisingly, a kid was standing next to it. The boy was standing there expressionless. I gave him some biscuits and asked him what he was doing there. He said, Abne Papa Kodek RHA Hoon, I am looking at my father. I took him to the nearest police station, they asked him a few stuff, the boy was traumatized. His father was his only family and died due to COVID. The father went to that hospital and died in the ICU. The hospital just threw out his body along with that kid. Nine years ago yesterday, my father-in-law took his own life. He was a bad alcoholic and had done alcohol-related legal issues. Mostly DUIs. He's was put on bond while awaiting sentencing for felony DUI. I was 22 at the time, got a call from the my wife at work that her dad was dead. Rushed to his house about four blocks away from where his brother was, he had found him, not my wife, thank God. I went inside with him, and my God, the amount of blood. He had slit his wrists in his downstairs bathroom, walked to the kitchen, then up the stairs into his bedroom and lay there with his hands in a trash bucket. The EMT showed up maybe 30 seconds after I did, but it felt like minutes, staring at my father-in-law, pale and sunken. My wife showed up a few minutes later, and I had to hold her back from going into the house, her screams might have been the worst part of it all. Unfortunately, we didn't make it, split up about 15 months later. Not surprisingly we're both still a bit fucked up from it. When I was probably like 12, I was in a group for kids aspiring to be veterinarians, and once a month, we did a lab with our local vet, a very small town. One of our labs was dissecting a goat. And by dissecting a goat, I mean this vet slices open the stomach of a goat that she put down for a farmer and left sitting in the July sun all day. She dug her hands right into those guts in front of an audience of mostly disgusted children around my age and even younger. And the best part is that near the end, she tried to cut the head off using this like razor wire, and it wasn't working. Then she let the kids take turns trying to saw off the head. A lot of kids went home early that day. I'm a paramedic, so I'm no stranger to gore. But, the worst thing I saw was a guy who got smoked by a semi in the middle of the night because he stopped to change his tire on the interstate without his hazards on. We didn't even know that he basically turned into mush until we stepped out of the truck, and our boots were covered in his bits and pieces. The engine was later called to the scene to hose what was left of him off the road. Note to self, if you're gonna change your tire on the highway, make sure you have some kind of warning for other drivers. I recently had to clean out the car my sister killed herself in. Though it wasn't the worst gore I'd seen, it impacted me the most. Middle of summer, and it was several days before her body was found. The cup holders between the front seats were full of blood, and the smell was overwhelming. I used to collect bones, and cleaning them didn't seem nearly as bad. I've always had a strong stomach and have not been bothered by death. It's different, though, when it's a family member. If it were up to me, I'd sell the car. My parents, however, want to keep it. Even though it's clean now, I can hardly go near it without feeling a little sick. I worked at a ski resort on the chairlifts. We had a little girl, maybe six to seven years old, come to the shed asking if we could call her parents. She was very pale and quiet but not crying. 
I asked her if she was okay and she just replied, I think I hurt my arm, and held it up to show me. It dangled at a right angle between her wrist and elbow. The lift manager and I both start panicking, which made her freak out. She had broken both radius and ulna, and one of them had erupted through the skin inside her jacket. We come to find out the parents left her to ski alone while they went into the backcountry area. Police were involved as she was deemed an abandoned child. The parents showed up looking for her a few hours later. Fairly big dog running alongside the retaining sound barrier wall on the freeway at about 8 p.m. It's pretty well lit, not many cars on the road at all. We could see he had tags on and pulled over on the shoulder a little past him, and I got out wanting to call the dog over to us to get him to safety. He was probably a good 300 feet from the actual road and started trotting towards our car like he was going to come to us. He got maybe 50 feet from me, stopped, and for whatever reason, bolted towards the carpool lane into traffic. It took about 30 seconds for someone in an F-250 to hit him at probably 75 miles per hour, the dog exploded, and I lost it. Thankfully the driver stopped and pulled over, but there really wasn't much need to at that point. We shakily called CHP and drove home. Hugged my dog extra hard when we got in. 20 years ago, I found my dad died on his bedroom floor. He was laying naked, and face down, an autopsy revealed he died from a brain swelling or something due to his Parkinson's disease. I had a key to his house and went to see him one day. I knew immediately something wasn't right as I called for him as I let myself in, and he didn't respond. His car was outside, and I knew he wouldn't have gone out anywhere without it. Moreover, it was the middle of summer, and windows were shut, and there was just an eerie silence as I walked around looking for him. He had a frosted type glass bedroom door panel, and the door was almost shut, but I could see someone laying down, could tell he was naked, and that was how I knew before I opened that door I'd find him dead. I knew if he'd fallen or something and was conscious, he'd be mortified me seeing him naked like that, and he'd alert me not to come in or something. IDK, so I knew he was dead before I opened the door. I'll never forget that day and how I went into some autopilot mode calling 999. He'd not been there too long but long enough for some sort of rigor mortis to set in, purple patches on body. Not gory, just fucked up. A few days after I turned 16, my dad who was a state trooper, came home in the middle of the day and told me to get in the car. I got in, and we headed out to a stretch of highway close to town. When we pulled up, I could see a long line of cars backed up behind what looked like a wreck. As we passed cars on the shoulder to get to the wreck, my dad said, don't get out of the car. I'll get you in a minute. About two minutes go by as he's directing traffic to turn around while he sets up a roadblock. Once he's done, he comes back to the car and lets me out. He says, walk with me, and we start walking up the road towards the wreck. When we got to the wreck, there is a semi-truck stopped on the shoulder, and it had two red streaks down the entire side of the truck. Further up the road is what looks like a pickup truck that had the cab cut off at the bottom part of the windshield. Still in the process of putting two and two together, my dad comes up and says, the dipshit driving this truck was drinking and driving and lost control of his pickup. It tipped on its side and slid down the highway into the back of the truck, and that cut both him and his wife in half. If you ever drink and drive, this is what you can expect to happen to you and whoever is with you. Shit scarred me for life. And I will never get behind the wheel of a car if I've been drinking. Worked at a veterinary clinic in San Antonio. Someone brought a dog in to be put to sleep. I was a kennel assistant, so I had to be around to clean up afterward. This dog, a Doberman, had been shot in the head and had parvovirus. The hillbilly owner had tried to kill the dog, but it didn't work, so he brought the poor thing into the clinic. Shot in the damn head, still alive and having diarrhea. There was blood and shit on the exam table and floor. It was horrifying. I almost quit that job on the spot. 
my godfather's face which was completely disfigured after he was killed in an accident. He was working in the Gulf at the time, and late one night, his car hit a camel at a very high speed while he was driving back to his accommodation. He died on the spot, and his body was brought back home to Mumbai for burial after a few days. I was around 6 to 7 at the time, and when his body was brought home, my godmother couldn't restrain herself from embracing him. She lifted the white cloth he was wrapped in to see him one last time, and that's when I saw him too. His face was beyond recognition. Breaks my heart every time I think of it, even 30 plus years later. A few years ago, me and dad were heading through the hills after a trip to a nearby town, and the roads through the hills are very quiet in terms of traffic and very technical. Lots of drivers speed because the road is so quiet. After rounding a hairpin, we saw a wreck in front. A ute, pickup truck, had slammed nearly head-on into a Toyota Yaris. The ute was fairly okay, the front was a crumpled mess, but it was structurally sound. The Yaris looked like it had been hit by a wrecking ball. The front end was just mangled, one of the front wheels was in the ditch at the side of the road, and the suspension was resting at an odd slumped angle. The ute driver was bloodied a bit but still lucid and conscious, he was kneeling by the side of the Yaris and looked like he was crying. Dad immediately stopped the car by the accident, and got out to trying to help. I went over too, and I sometimes still wish I hadn't. The back window had an L-plate, signifying a learner driver, and the driver was slumped over the wheel unconscious. A girl, dark hair, pale skin, maybe 17 or 18, cut up to six ways from Sunday and her legs crushed by the car's collapsed footwell and dashboard. A woman in the backseat was still conscious, sat behind, presumably, her daughter. She was opening her mouth without making much of a sound at all, in mute grief, which scared me. I thought crash victims who were conscious were supposed to bawl and sob. This is why I never watch car crashes on TV anymore when I can help it. The mother was reaching out for the front passenger seat, which was where the kneeling guy was hunched over, saying he'd already called 111. He was breathing quickly and shuddering. There was a lot of crushed metal, as the unit hit the front passenger first. I assumed from the side of the head that I could see that the front passenger was the father of the driver. There was a lot of blood, like an explosion of it, and lots of weird dark stains. His left arm was sort of hanging off under what was left of the center armrest. He was definitely not breathing. I didn't see anything else as my dad ordered me in a very quiet voice to head back to our car, call 111, explain what happened, and stay put. I never did find out if the girl survived. I asked dad, but either he doesn't know, or he refuses to talk about it. I found my dad dead. He'd probably been like that for about three days. Either heart attack or stroke, they didn't do an autopsy. It wasn't that bad. Smelled a little. My mom shot herself in the head about 20 feet from me. I had my back turned, so I didn't see all of it. I got little glimpses as I called 911, and then once the police showed up to deal with it. There was matter left on the porch from where they carried her out. I'm really not sure if it was someone's puke or brain matter. Not seen, but felt. Many moons ago, I was doing my trauma rotation in nursing school. One of the big local businesses was a crane factory. A worker fell 20-something feet, landing on his back. My let the student do something relatively harmless task was to stabilize his cervical spine by holding his head in my hands when he has rolled around for the trauma assessment. As I was cradling his head, I realized it felt like a cracked, soft-boiled egg. All the little fragments of the crushed skull just mushed around in my hand like pieces of eggshell in a fleshy sack of goo. Twenty years on, I've seen plenty of visually disturbing gore, but that's one of the few tactile memories that actually gives me a bit of the ghiblies. I saw a trauma once where the guy had shot himself in the head with a shotgun. Only he had pointed it under his head. This destroying all suborbital structures, including his mandible, most of his maxilla, 
but preserving his carotid and vertebral arteries and most of his brain and spinal cord. Somehow he was able to be stabilized, and thus he showed up in the ER with his eyes dangling down in a macerated mass of flesh that used to be his tongue, mouth, lips, pharynx, and ethmoid sinuses. He was still wriggling around and hemodynamically okay. Couldn't scream because his larynx was destroyed. Anesthesia came and somehow intubated this guy. Not sure what happened to him subsequently, but I think he survived. I was working doing drain cleaning when I was young. One day I got called out to a job on a small sewer main. I could see where the blockage was, so I went and pulled the manhole downstream up, and the high-pressure self-propelled hose in and sent it upstream. I hit the blockage, and water flowed to where I was, so I pulled the hose back, and the water stopped flowing. I sent it up again, and the same thing, I had flow. Pulled it back, and it stopped again. So I walked up to the upstream manhole and lifted it. What I saw was a hessian bag, and I could see a tuft of hair sticking out. Short blonde hair. Earlier that day, I was talking to a plumber who had a friend who, I have no idea why this came up in conversation, had found a baby in a manhole. So with that fresh in my mind and quite freaked out, I opened the bag to find a dog partly decomposed. Enough that if you touched it, the skin and hair would split and fall off. Who the fuck puts a dog, I hope dead, in a fucking manhole? And guess who had to deal with that shit? As a child, I saw a kid attempt to climb up a water slide as a little girl slid down. The kid's knee hit her mouth, and she lost most of her teeth. I was young myself, but the bloody water coming down the slide, the girl's cries, and the following hour me and my friends spent looking for her teeth in the splash pool is still very clear in my mind. Later I was told the majority of her teeth were fitted back into her mouth by a local dentist, but I was skeptical and thought this might be a white lie to make me feel better. If any dentists are able to confirm if this is possible, that would be appreciated. An infected mesh implant from the time of the Vietnam War comes to mind. A patient came in complaining of mild neuro symptoms, and the surgeon did a craniotomy. PT had a prior bullet wound from his time in Vietnam, and they had placed a mesh implant to protect him. It got infected, but he didn't know about the infection for decades. All the staff got to see and smell what the mesh and surrounding tissue were like. I truly cannot describe the smell. There was nothing like it to me. Ever. I watched a dude hang himself off a bridge, the cable slash force caused his head to pop off, and the body basically pancaked when it hit the water. We then proceeded to spend the next five hours alongside the sheriff's department, searching for any form of remains. Came upon a car accident many years ago. Two cars hit offset at highway speeds. The engine of the smaller car, 90 Saturn Coupe, was laying in the road. I went up to the Saturn first. The steering wheel was pushed up against his chest, both of his legs were mangled, and he had bones sticking out of his left leg just above the knee. He was breathing but barely, red foam coming out of his mouth and nose. I was on the phone with 911 when he stopped breathing. The guy in the other car, was also badly injured. He was awake and talking but not making any sense at all. He had some bad cuts on his face, and his left arm was almost completely severed. The dispatcher walked me through putting a tourniquet on his arm. I also took a coat out of my car to help keep him warm. It was extremely cold out, probably around negative 15 F. From what I later found out, that guy died later during the helicopter flight to the hospital. He was the sober one. When I was six me and my twin brother were walking home from school, home was only a block or so up the road. While we walked, I was up on the grass, and he was on the sidewalk relatively close to the road. A drunk driver came by and hit him. I'll never forget what the body looked like, the impact sound the car had made when it hit him, or the sound of some woman and other children screaming behind me. Before I'm asked, yes, they found the guy. Yes, he got charged. Yes, 
He went to jail. My mom shared some details with me later. He was going 94 kilometers per hour in a 40 kilometers per hour school zone. Apparently, in the hour leading up to him hitting my brother, there were four people that called into the police station to report him for suspected impaired while driving on the highway. People in my hometown got together and paid for the funeral slash wake, I'm from Newfoundland. In the small towns and villages, traditional Irish wakes are still common slash casket slash headstone. I was playing tag with a friend, and as I was chasing him, a kid swinging on the monkey bars which was wearing his soccer cleats kicked half of his face off. It basically tore the skin down from his eye to his chin. Blood sprayed all over me. Six-year-old me freaked out and thought my friend was going to die. They wound up being able to stitch him back up, and he made a full recovery. He's got a pretty cool scar over his eyebrow because of it. My wife and I were heading to the beach at 2.30 in the morning. She was asleep, the highway was empty, it was pitch black, and I drove up on debris all over the road and a single car in the median. I wake her up to call 911, and I pull over and run over to the car. All I can hear is the dinging of the door being open and the GPS saying, make a U-turn. Scary as shit. I pull out my phone light to see, and the car was empty and completely destroyed. There was a tractor trailer coming at 70 miles per hour, so I started jumping up and down, waving my hands for it to slow down. As it got closer, I saw the guy's body in the middle of the road. The tractor trailer sped up and ran him over the never stopped. His body was bent in a 90 degree angle at the hip and destroyed. I was in the state of shock. I couldn't walk any closer to the guy, and I waited for the cops, so I can't give you any more gore details, but I can imagine it would have been quite disturbing. Hey folks as you know I love helping people. Especially people trying to help themselves so I was sent this GoFundMe fundraiser from a listener. My name is Greg, and I was homeless due to the death of my spouse and need dental work to become employable as I look horrendous, and my work experience is working with the public. I desperately need dentures or, if lucky, implants. I have never been more humiliated in my life and am thankful someone is willing to help me do this. Please help make me whole again. If you would like to help Greg become whole again and get his life back the link to donate is below, if you are unable to help. Please share the fundraiser link. I truly appreciate you.